So you probably hear a lot of crap out there and I'm not saying that this is any better, but um, you know, if you listen to this podcast all the way through, you might have an okay time. There's a bug in there. So we've reached episode two of Now You Listen, What? which is, I think, the name that we went with, right? Stop. Now You Listen. It's not even, it's, to me, it's not even a joke anymore. It's just, it's like hurtful and it's confusing. <laughs> and I try, like, if you go, even though we changed the name, if you, if you go to Spotify and you go to the other places, it still has mailbox baseball in the URL. It's not even funny. <laughs> Wait, how do we change that? You can't because you, you wanted to change the name so many times. Stop, you can. It might um, reach, I don't know. You understand that it's funny to me because it's not funny to you anymore. Yeah, that's what Mirabelle does, my stepdaughter. She, you, You're doing the same thing she does. She Just says, a di- little light trolling. She says that she calls breakfast dinner and breakfast and dinner breakfast like this to fuck with me and it works. <laughs> and you get mad? Yeah, I'm like, stop. That's not what it is. <laughs> I take breakfast seriously. Uh, so, blooper reel. Hey, we're back with episode two of OK Time, a podcast about friendship and art and music. And each week we'll be sharing art or music or something we're excited about with each other. And then we'll meet up and we're going to have a discussion about it and kind of see um, if we've been able to turn the person on to something we like. This week, Carl and I listened to Team Dresh's Captain My Captain and Black Rebel Motorcycle Club's Take Them On On Your Own, and we're going to have a conversation about them. Nailed it. Maybe. Yeah, so this week I had you listen to Black Rebel Motorcycle Club's um, Take Them On On Your Own, and I will be the first to admit that that band name is difficult to say without stumbling over the name. That's why I just say BRMC, and that's probably what I'll put in the episode summary. Um, This is one of their earlier records. Yeah, I first listened to it um, again when I was living in San Diego, probably a little bit earlier on in my time there. I think my friend Greg introduced me to the band. I saw them live a couple times in San Diego, once by a football field and once at the House of Blues, enjoyed their live music. Um, they think they're very talented musicians, and uh, that's I think that record was one of my first segues into their... Uh, by a the, football field? What does yeah. That mean? <laughs> it's like where the venue was. It was cool, man. Like by a football field, people were making out under the bleachers and shit. You're not even going to believe it. Sounds like it sounds made up. No, it's by like a the San Diego Chargers Qualcomm Stadium, like where the their NFL team used to play. Oh, it's starting to sound more real. Yeah, it was real. Happened. Do you have any pictures from there? From that, by any chance? Uh, I maybe maybe before the last time I deleted my Facebook, but not not currently. Cool. Yeah. So first impression was. I can't listen to this record more than one time. Part of why is because I didn't realize for the first couple, it took me like 
three or four tries to get all the way through. And part of what was intimidating was I was listening to the deluxe version. So it had like six extra songs on it. So I was like, oh. this record is so long. But like the both records so far that you gave me, my initial feeling about the record changed um, this one, so I didn't listen to this one nearly as much as the last one, which uh, was I listened to for a whole two weeks and by the end of it was listening to it every day. This one I listened to uh, several times, like halfway through, and then today I listened to the whole way through. And I had trouble, like I felt like I couldn't access the first batch of songs like the first half let's say but initial impressions was it felt cinematic to me i, f- I kept seeing like felt like a uh, brad easton ellis uh movie adapted from a novel i don't know who that is he wrote american psycho oh, and okay. rules of attraction and also in- initially I the bass stuck out to me. I don't know if it was like how it was mixed or the tone or the playing. The playing itself, neither good nor bad, just felt like laying down some bass grooves. But what stuck out to me was like I think I would enjoy playing bass in this band. I've learned, had to learn songs in the past for one-off shows of bands that I didn't never knew of before having to learn the song and had this experience where at first I'm not into the song. And as I listen, listen to it over and over to learn it, I eventually like really have a, I may not even like the song in the end, but I have this like relationship with it. So, Oh, another thing that this, just the vibe of the, this band, it reminded me of, did you watch the jinx? Uh, was it like on Fox or something? No, it was, um, I think it was a Netflix thing, but the, it was about the Robert Durst, whose wife, whose wife disappeared. It's like, um, it's one of those true crime. Yeah. It's like the newfangled where it sort of blurs the lines between documentary and docudrama. And it has like a very impactful opening sequence. That feels mm-hmm. it feels influenced by the True Detective season one opening sequence. Um, but all that being said, what it reminded me of there's a Eels song in the intro, and it sounded a lot like this record sounded like that to me. Um, and so I kept being reminded of kind of this depraved, dark, sketchy feeling uh, from the Jinx. Um, regarding the bass, one thing that. I think is worth pointing out that's cool about this band is that they will often switch the guitarists Mm. um, who both sing, they will switch back and forth like mid show, which is pretty neat. But I get what you're saying about like, if you were playing the bass, whether through repetition and just getting to know the song, like you might come to enjoy playing it. Like that's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, it it has happened. Like even songs that I really don't like by the end of having to perform it, I have a warm feeling toward that song in the end. It's not that I'll ever listen to it again, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I have this ongoing relationship with it. I had to know it. I had to know it intimately. So I had the, an interesting experience today where I was listening to it again, like having trouble to say that I didn't like the record. That's an oversimplification. I think 
it more has to do with like wanting to access certain energy from the record and just not feeling like I can. So there's a frustration that happens. And, you know, I was like dedicated to doing this assignment. So sitting down, listening to it, being open to having a different experience than the previous three or four times where I listened to half the record, had trouble with it, and then like didn't, that day didn't finish it. But today through like the first half of the record, I had somewhat familiar with because I've listened to that a few times and I hit there's like a song three or four from the end that kind of changes tone it's like much more light it's less like kind of sleazy sounding and and I don't mean that in a bad way I think the record overall is like they're kind of their vibe is like a little bit dangerous and Mm -hmm. a lot of the songs seem to be about drugs and or people on drugs. But I started to really see this narrative that helped me relate to the record. I Right before that third to last song starts, that kind of shifts the vibe. I started feeling or seeing someone, I think it was, it was probably me because uh, I'm, I think I was embodying this story, but like waking up on a couch in a green room or someplace in a club, but not in the main room, like off to the side and sort of being confused, waking up, not being sure, like kind of feeling uh, sick and maybe like unsure if I was drugged or if I drugged myself, not clear what was happening and not recognizing there's people in the room, but I don't recognize them. And then, so I get up and I start to wander through the club and it's very crowded and it's very dark and there's a DJ. I was, went back and forth. I didn't know if it was a DJ or a band. Maybe Black Rebel was actually playing. <laughs> but so I'm like walking around. I'm kind of feeling sick and I'm really feeling like I need some fresh air. And I go outside and I'm in again. Like uh, So there's a lot of people inside. There's no one outside. But the parking lot is well lit. And my soundtrack for finally getting fresh air is this third to last song that's like pretty sweet sounding and it's uh thinner than a lot of their other stuff and then i start to feel better i'm like i can i can go back in and check this out like i don't know how i got here and i don't know what i've been doing all day or all night but i'm gonna go back in and see what's up and i go back in and then the record gets sluttier again and that's the this last section where i'm more curious about like less worried about why i don't remember what happened earlier that night and just curious about where i am and sort of starting to mingle and then the last song is significantly more lighthearted than most of the record and it feels more hopeful and i actually um feels like a really good uh song to end on because it's pretty dark. Most of the records pretty feels pretty dark to me. Yeah. Um, after all ha- having that feeling like I was starting to form a relationship with it, getting um, an, an ideas about a narrative that could go along with it, that really helped me get into it. And by the end of the record, I felt there's one song that really... So I, I, I want to put Generation on the mix. That song has a pretty strong hook. And initially I didn't... I didn't particularly like it, but after listening to it three or four times, I started to realize like I I do actually like it. Um, and I, I think the hook is a big part of it. 
That's a, do you know what song that is? Uh, yes. Okay. <clears throat> and then the other one that really stuck out to me that I liked that I want to put on the mix is Rise or Fall. Yes, um, I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. So that one's like me going back into the club, being more curious about what's going on in there, being more comfortable, kind of being disoriented and maybe drugged. Um, and that song feels pretty energetic, dark, but upbeat. Yeah, the bass hook in that kind of <laughs> gets me. Yeah. So if someone had recommended this record to me and it hadn't been part of an assignment, I probably would have just put it down. But, you know, uh, really trying to access it, understand it, um, I was able to to change uh, how I felt about it. Not trying to like it per se, but just trying to um, talk about. Yeah. Be more be curious about it and have some thoughts about it. And along the way, I ended up actually um, it, it changed my opinion of it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really interesting way to approach it. And then kind of describing the the narrative that you would generate in your mind to walk yourself through what it's like to listen to it. I think that's a really interesting and descriptive way for someone listening or just me listening to you talk about it, like visualize your experience. Talk yeah, talk about. So thank you. Yeah, and I, um, I'm curious. I didn't look up any videos, but I'm curious to see because the music felt so cinematic. I'm curious to see how they've handled uh, videos. Are you familiar with any of their videos? Um, yeah, there's plenty of those. I would say just for your own listening, like if you're interested in some of the lighter stuff, there's an acoustic album they did called Howl. That's really good. I think you might mm. be into. Um, and then just something like Baby 81's a little bit more lighthearted. And then like Beat the Devil's Tattoo. But I get what you mean. Like I, they definitely have some songs that are, they almost feel like they're made for a commercial or something about whiskey. But <laughs> yeah. they, they yeah. Uh, I appreciate the, like, the quality of their musicianship and uh, like their ability to write songs. But I totally get what you mean. I think it just... Um struck me at first as like uh stadium rock Mm -hmm. and i guess i have trouble with that oh and how many bugs in there i'm gonna go uh three that'll happen bugs in there which three is pretty solid i think it's solid and i think it also reflects like initially i was like if i had to rate it right the first time I listened to it, I, I would have rated it like a one. And I don't know if we've ever said this, but uh, for me, I, I don't, I'm not a, a music critic. I'm not rating the quality of the record. I'm rating how much I like or don't like based on my preferences. Um, yeah. And I think that's important to, to state. Yeah. Cause Maybe. who am I to say they get a three bugs in there? Um Except that I know what I like and I know what my experience was uh, over the week and wanted to reflect that it changed from a one right. to a three. I mean, that's how I feel too. And especially can, I can only speak to my own experiences with a piece of work too. So I think that's helpful to state. So good. So would you listen again in the future? Sounds like maybe some I, of those two songs. You know, I probably, I probably would. I probably listen to the whole thing again because um, now I'm curious whether I, I would sort of retain this interest that I generated 
today from working on this or if that was sort of an experience I had today and it's over. I don't know. Right. Cool. So your record, I gave you uh, Team Dresh, Captain My Captain from 96. Is that right? Did you look yep. that up? Okay. 96. 96. Um, Team Dresh is a punk band from Portland. Some people would put them in the queer core category. They were active from 93 to 98. And that record, um, both the records I got really into in the early 2000s. And I was either turned on to them by my sister-in-law, Emily, or my brother, who probably would have gotten turned on to it by Emily. So it probably goes back to Emily either way. Um, is that all I want to say about that? I think that's all I want to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> oh, I see. That was an interesting segue. My transition. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had more, but then I didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. So my first impression of this record was that it was very difficult to find. And I think it's a very kind of a dumb thing to complain about not having access to a record because it's not on Spotify, but because that's where a lot of us just sit at work and listen to our music, uh, on it's, it was a legitimate complaint, but yeah, you found it right away on YouTube and sent me the link. So that's, I, I actually don't think it's legitimate to complain about, but a very minor five second annoyance. And then I got over it. <laughs> um, so I ended up listening to the whole thing where someone uploads like an entire record like as one video on YouTube. And then the, in the notes description of the YouTube video, they have it timed out um, for each track. Mm. And that was interesting because it actually had uh, track eight and nine reverse. So um, after listening to a couple different videos, I realized that the, they were reversed and had to kind of fix that, re retitle them correctly on my notes. Um, Tragic tragic it's been a really hard week with me with what was my pants splitting and not this jesus yeah yeah if jesus could talk i mean he well, that's not that that's not how that works these walls could talk my jesus, cool friend my cool friend jesus yeah so my first main impression was that it's very very personal um the the lyrics really speak to the experiences um someone would have in this scene and i think it's really important for anyone who goes out to shows to and is a citizen in the world to to listen really listen to the lyrics of this album because it's not something like this experience is not something that you or i as white males are gonna experience like this is a very very specific um set of circumstances like this is a um group uh of women they're all openly gay this there's a, like a different world that they're living through that we really don't have access to. I mean, we can try to understand the circumstances that they're dealing with, but um, yeah, in it's, the 80s it's difficult. and 90s too. So right, yeah. So like that's that's where like the the really personal nature of the the lyrics kind of is apparent to me from the get go. And as you go through the 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 tracks, there's a lot of things that they're touching on, and I think that's really eye opening. Um, and I appreciate how kind of in-depth it is because that's that's one part of a music that I think it's often overlooked either because in some albums it's just the instrumentation is too loud or you just can't it's not something you're, you're seeking out uh, because what, you enjoy uh, something uh, else understanding the message yeah or just yeah. being able to hear the lyrics sometimes is hard and 
yeah. on certain records. So that was the thing that I really got into right away. Uh, I also really like the the both vocalists. They, they're one of them's more present than the other, but uh, I don't think it was. Is it Donna Dresch? Is that her name? She, I think she's my just be yeah the, Donna. I think. Yeah, I think she, is doing most of the singing. Yeah, and I think she, I don't know, I don't know who if she was the primary lyricist or not, but the actual sound of the record, it sounded very much to me like a record from the mid-90s, but in the best way possible. All of the things that I like about uh, bands of that era, especially from that region of the country, like that sound mm. is present in this record in a good way for me. Um, bigger reactions I had, uh, and again, I'm just going to kind of walk through what I pulled out from the different songs, because I think that they're, they're touching on a lot of different things. It opens with a song called uncle Frank and Frank is another artist kind of from that same scene, I think might be a little bit older and may have played a, a mentor type role for, for Donna and other members of the band. But basically she's talking about how her mother kind of didn't really get her lifestyle. didn't really get her at all. She would only, there's a line in it that says she only loves me when I act like she does. And that's emotional blackmail. So she's really not, really not hold. Yeah. She's not holding anything back. And that kind of sets the tone for what the listener is going to hear and get out of the rest of the album. And I thought that was really cool. Um, another line from that song, uncle Frank taught me, if you're going to go in the ocean, you got to know it's the shark's world. And I think that speaks to in the world that they're living in. And in that scene in particular, um, the next song is one Oh seven actually. Are you talking about that show Shark Tank? Shark Tank, yeah. So this, the rest of the album, they get into <laughs> what it's like, to, <laughs> what it's like to pitch, uh, yeah. like various ideas for apps. And so yeah. well, really they had one ahead, called ahead of their time. Yeah, so they were very forward thinking. Like Team Dresh was actually the name of the app where, um, like, if you want to check out different chicken tenders in your area, you could swipe left or right, and then if you if you swipe right, it, it gives you directions and phone number for the, the nearest restaurant that serves that particular chicken tender. The next song, 107, was more a little bit harder to decipher the meaning out of it. But what I could gather was that um, it was a little bit of a love song where they're talking about like a fear of heights and also the fear of a new relationship and uh, love and what that can mean for either person. The next song after that, My Dirty Hands Are Mind, they're kind of talking about keeping your thoughts inside your head, um, the messages that are kind of all over the place, feeling like there's something wrong with the world and not being able to say anything or do anything about it and just kind of questioning yourself. And then the next three songs kind of touch on paranoia in a really specific way, like the fear of being accepted mm. for being yourself, the fear of other people talking shit and bringing you down. Um, and the song called The Council, they're calling out these jerks that are harping on them for being either gay or just different, looking different. And the next song, Don't Try Suicide, again, more paranoia. And in and, and this one, she's seeking comfort in her partner. Um, and even though her partner is telling her things are going to be all right, she she doesn't really believe that. But just the fact that she's hearing that is comforting. Um, and then it kind of gets a little bit more like, fuck you if you don't accept what I'm saying. And they talk about how they just want other people to feel accepted and, and loved in the way that maybe they, they didn't get from some of the most important people in their life, like their mom, Uh, a specific line that I pulled out of to the enemies of political rock. It's not magic. It's work. It can feel like a choice between 
pleasure in existence. I thought that was pretty impactful. Uh, and then for the last couple, actually, well, I wanted, I did want to say two tracks that I want to pull out for a playlist, even though we can't add them there because of what you did, Steve, uh, (laughs) (laughs) my dirty looks are sorry. My dirty hands are mined. I would add, and don't try suicide. I would also add that. Uh, and then eight and nine were the ones. Yeah, they should. Right. Most, I think that's, that's what we heard. It's like the artist choice or the record label. I guess so. I mean, yeah. This other song, um, I'm Illegal, that was the third one that I would add. It's basically talking about the ways in which they've been harassed in public or where she learned as a kid that some people thought it was wrong for another woman to marry a woman to marry another woman and how she thought that was fucked up as a kid and being looked at in public in a weird way or harassed by cops, uh, not getting jobs for the way that they were dressing or looking and i think that might have been my favorite song on the album and then at the end she's kind of just talking about uh people being afraid to be themselves yeah it's just like donna said it depends on where you're at in your head uh just kind of being open and honest with who you are and and why that's enough and i think that is a mm. cool way for them to end the the album and i i appreciated the message yeah um Really brave content for the '90s or now. Um, yeah, exactly. Like this, that would be hard to to make now. Exactly. So back then, even yeah. more so. Cool. So, um, how would you rate it? Um, I because I enjoyed the the music itself and the lyrics and the sound of the vocals so much. I would I would give it five bugs in there for sure because it's also a type of punk rock that i haven't personally listened to so um it's yeah it was awesome sweet um and so is it safe to assume you would listen to it again yeah as long as i can get a new pair of everlane pants and can go out in public and (laughs) in my car for sure you can probably find the vinyl but um like not easily but you can yeah, I figured that even just finding the full album on YouTube was difficult to listen, yeah. like a, a random channel. So I'm sure it's harder to find the, the record itself. Well, they're supposedly touring in 2019, so maybe they'll reissue the two records. Yeah, and so I don't know that I talked about that yet, but the just the artwork was, it looked like it was a couple of images layer, layered over one another um look for like a pictures from a show yeah um, and i think it captures the energy that the the band classic uh, diy yeah. aesthetic yeah, yeah very true and, and aren't they known for making um, various zines uh yeah um i don't know um i've never seen any of them and couldn't name them but yeah i think you're right yeah and i forgot to do a haiku also for, uh, but i can I can do one off the cuff. Yeah, Unlike do you. yeah, do one off the cuff. I'm right off the top of the dome, Nick okay. Cannon. Let's have a Nick Cage. Nick, I said Who's Nick, Nick Cannon. Cannon. He's a uh, he's that guy you don't know. That's okay. <laughs> I don't I don't want to have to explain who Nick Cannon is to you. Okay. Have you seen ever seen Drumline, Steve? That's not a phrase I ever thought I would say to you. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, music I just heard spoke to me in different ways. Oh, that's might have been eight. <laughs> we'll allow that. Perspective now changed. Beautiful. Breathtaking. Thank you. Are you crying? 
Just a little. Good. Let's get into the, the songs of the week. So songs of the week, we want to create another playlist that runs concurrently to the playlist comprised of songs from the assignments we give each other each week. This other playlist is called, maybe we don't, we haven't actually made it yet, but yeah, maybe you should make it because it's, it's got my goddamn legal name on it. Okay. Uh, so the songs of the week, just we can bring whatever song. It doesn't have to be relevant to anything. Ideally, a song that we've been listening to that week. I wanted to add something Donna Dresch related since we can't add. I think there's one cover song, Team Dress song on Spotify, but um, I wanted to add Gertrude and Stein uh, from the Butchies record, Population 1975, Donna Dresch Band. I was just going through, I didn't know the Butchies that well, and so I was just going through to, I went through to Are We Not Femme and Population 1975, and Gertrude and Stein stuck out to me as just interesting and um, kind of caught my attention. How about you? Um, kind of a different experience, song of the week. Uh, some time recently i've been listening to i think because of the one song i'm familiar with bobby womack is a like a uh, like an r&b soul type singer from well he's still active now but he was biggest in the 70s some and he has a song called some old legend like jesus <laughs> <laughs> that's what mirabel said about jesus uh but he's i think his number one song that he's known for is across 110th street talking about uh oh, crossing yeah. over into harlem yeah yeah but he's got a song called if you think you're lonely now and as i'm walking into my corporate job it was making me uh it was making the walk a little bit easier and it's just the he has a very soulful voice and the the song is is pretty good so that's 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 what i'm gonna add yeah cool uh we forgot to say what we're going to recommend for next week too oh shit we did um did you pick a, a, a record yeah yeah good so for next week what is it am i gonna listen to a record kind of went back and forth with that but i might i might throw a curveball in there i think this week i'm gonna have you watch a a show this week and it's not a very it's it's from the last five years but it's it's something you can watch on netflix just watch a couple episodes from the first season of the great british baking show on netflix it's very uh calming in this era of uh fear that we're living in yeah okay yep all right i can do that and And when when people get kicked off they're so nice in a way that really pulls in my heartstrings and i think that really yeah and that's what i love that's what i love about it the most oh i'm excited then good um so for you do you know uh the band spray paint Mm, maybe i've heard of them but i don't think i've listened (laughs) So I'm going to, the past two records I've given you have been from the nineties. Um, but spray paint is current and I think the records from this year, it could be from last year, but it's called, uh, feel the clamps. 
feel the clamps? Feel, feel, feel my heat. Feel the clamps. Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it. Great. Okay, time is a podcast by Carl Grash and Steve Ellis. You can follow us on Instagram at Hairfort or Carl Grashit. If you would like to, and we would appreciate it, give us a review, please. Don't you? If I'm sitting here with like broke ass pants, the least you can do is leave me a <laughs> leave me a review on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. True that. Uh, you should spell Grashit because it sounds like you're saying grass shit. That's how I say it. Carl, C-A-R-L-G-R-A-T-I-O-T, Carl Grashit. That, just like Carl Grashit. Just like it sounds, okay, you dummies. Uh, our intro and outro music is provided by the Hokkaido Concern Ooh, yeah. of Newark, Delaware. Oh, yeah. The finest place to live. Uh, and we appreciate you. Have a great week. Bye.